Hey Panthers, welcome to the official leadership podcast. This is Behind the Mask. Hi, my name's Sophia. I'm the director. I'm Margo, the chief editor. And I'm Kai Chen, the assistant editor. And I'm Irene, the media manager. So today we will be discussing performative activism regarding body image. So we'd like to start today's episode off with a quote. Nothing is either good nor bad, but thinking makes it so by William Shakespeare. Today we'll be talking about performative activism, the differences between performative activism and activism, how it affects viewers, and how we can do better. So before we go into performative activism and its relation to body image, it is important to fully understand what performative activism is. It is a concept that stands for activism that does not need much commitment, reposting a post, or even signing a petition uh, that often doesn't require leaving a building. And although a lot of the time these actions can be helpful, what makes this different from allyship is that a lot of the time influencers tend to do it for a trend or not continue expressing allyship through other ways afterward. Uh, showing little dedication to a cause or change. Yeah, I think it's incredibly troubling, especially in its like relation to body image, because it becomes some sort of like fad. Like it becomes a norm that you can only sign petitions and you can only share a post, and then that's your contribution to an issue. And I think it's really dangerous because no change actually comes of that. You know? And it is important to note that there is really nothing wrong with reposting um, and signing petitions. I feel like we all do it. It is important to still spread awareness in your own way. But what makes us different is that the person doesn't actually feel sincere about it and doesn't have a true devotion or motive or want to support this cause they're just doing it to help themselves and because it's trendy and I think it's really important to realize that you can be practicing allyship through signing petitions and reposting posts it is incredibly important but it is also extremely important to do other things outside of that so there's more diversity and more meaning to the cause yeah I think it's important to also note the benefits of like hands-on volunteering and hands-on um, allyship on your own mental health and your own emotional well-being studies have shown that volunteering and Donating are incredibly beneficial um, for one's mental health, but they often do not note that it is more beneficial if you're not behind a screen. It is more beneficial when you have that human connection to someone that you are helping or something. Yeah, so just do your best 
to uh, do more volunteering and yeah. yeah, I'll cover more on this later um, when my subtopic comes up. But for now, let's hear from Kai Cheng. Okay, so I'm going to talk about the dif uh, difference between formative activism and activism. So it is important to know uh, the difference between allyship and formative activism. So the formative activism is a pejorative term referring to activism done to increase one's social capital rather than because, because of one's uh, devo devotion to a cause. It is often associated with surface level activism referred to as lax selectivism. This term gained an increased usage on social media in the wake of the Google Floyd protests. Although the phrase predates the also the phrase predates the killing of George Floyd. Performative workness and the performative allyship are related with this term. Uh, however, activism consists of efforts to promote, impede, impede, direct, or intervene in social, political, economic, or environmental reform with the desire to make changes in society towards a perceived greater good. So, performative activism is a directory world. However, the activism is a complementary world. Uh, active, activism may be performed on a day-to-day -day basis in a wide variety of ways, including through the creation of arts, computer hacking, or simply in how one chooses to spend their money. Like for example, the refusal to buy clothes or other mercantiles from a company as a protest against the exploitation of workers by that company would consider an expression of activism. However, the most highly visible and impact, impactful activism often comes in form of collective action, in which numerous individuals coordinate an act of protest together in order to make a bigger impact. Collective action that is uh, purposeful, organized, and sustained over a period of time becomes known as social movement. Yeah, I think it is really important when talking about this topic to understand the difference between allyship and performative activism. Yeah, and I think it is important to note that like, usually uh, these performative uh, activists tend to select like certain issues and they don't have a wide variety of causes and issues that they wish to talk about and support. And although one main problem may be important to them, it is important to share all ideas and all issues so your viewers and followers can reflect what they know and what they've learned to or, uh, their own lives and yeah I wanted to add that social media activism is incredibly important because it raises awareness and raising awareness is 
one of the most important things in addressing an issue because it's a lot of hate and a lot of um, society's faults stem from ignorance. Um, and raising awareness about an issue is a wonderful way to combat that. But the thing is, you cannot entirely only just raise awareness. You should, in your activism, also like demonstrate, um, push for social change, things like that, things that Kai Chang mentioned. And provide resources. Providing resources is a huge one. If you wish to if if you wish to bring up a topic it's important to give people an option to help themselves and help others in need through those resources but if you throw a belief or an issue or anything regarding activism through your social media and don't give resources, don't give links and ways to help and ways to help yourself and educate others, then there is no point to it. And that's when you can know that it's trendy and there's no real real benefit to it. I just say, I just want to say that's correct. Okay, great. Yeah, no, I entirely agree with that. It's also important to look at where your sources are coming from and how your petition that you're signing will impact an issue, how it will continue to make change so that it's not just a one-time thing. Let's move on to Irene's topic. As we sort of went over earlier, um, on social media, people do post um, a lot of activism things, but this is sort of going more into body image um, and how the fact that everyone who is on social media is normally in like youth, right? They're normally in middle school or high school and they're really easy to influence. If they see a perfect body on Instagram or if they see some activism post, they'll want that body or they'll want to um, repost that activism um, thing. And you know, Again, it is hard to differentiate whether or not um, they're tr uh, a person is posting an activist um, item because they want to support that or they're just trying to gain followers and views. Body image-wise, people don't always see the imperfections or what goes into that post, that image, right? They don't know if there's been um, editing, face-tuning. They don't know any of that. They just think they see an image that is what they consider a perfect rep representation of what they should look like. And they think that they need to look like that. And as we went over in previous episodes, it's unhealthy and can lead to problem eating and depression. Yeah, I want to note Photoshop. That is an incredibly huge issue on social media. Margot actually showed me a film and it was for a dub commercial. And it was basically the process by which they made someone look glamorous, made someone look commercial ready, right? Quote unquote, commercial ready. So they first spent hours on their hair and makeup, and then they photoshopped her, making her eyes bigger, placing them differently, 
um, within her face, elongating her neck, plumping up her lips. That sounds weird, but smoothing out her skin, making her jaw bones um, more prominent. It was just astonishing to see how much Photoshop and how much this process can do to make someone look entirely different and entirely transform someone. And the scary part of that video was the changes they made felt more natural and felt normal because we had seen like our whole world is surrounded by these images. And so although seeing someone in their natural beauty did seem normal, when they transformed this model and it it really did transform them to a more comforting almost like image like it it felt natural for them to look the way they did when they were photoshopped okay um yeah and you know the sad rea that's like the sad reality right we see things online that might not look the way that we normally expect them to be um, and then we think that that's not normal. Yeah, and this beauty culture is so ingrained in our society that it becomes necessary that real activism takes place and that we don't acknowledge performative activism, even though it is very similar in some ways as real activism so that we can push for change. And I think this is where my subtopic comes in. How can we do better? Before I go deeply into this, I'd like to say that although performative activism is very surface level, it's not inherently bad. It's when performative activism takes the place of policy reform, demonstration, and general civic engagement that it becomes an issue. This is not to discredit anyone, including yourself or your activism at all. In fact, as we mentioned previously, raising awareness is one of the most important aspects of activism. Nothing will change if people do not recognize it to be a problem. It's my belief that social media is truly one of our generation's most powerful tools when it comes to political, social, and environmental change. So I'd like to acknowledge that first. But keep in mind, movements may be built off of your shares, likes, and saves, but they will never go anywhere if this is the foundation of their momentum and the backbone of their operation. So now we come to the most important issue. How can we do better? Firstly, people must be aware about issues they are promoting on social media. In raising awareness, we should not disregard the uncomfortable facts of the story, especially regarding body image or similar issues relating to mental health. People do suffer, and we must collectively recognize that our society is causing this and that we may be directly contributing it. To it as so I'd like to encourage you to be educated yet not afraid to admit you're wrong this is so hard and I've been there and I will talk about this later because 
I think we need to have healthy examples of people admitting that they're wrong within our society because especially within like our school system being wrong is like the ultimate no-no you know it's the ultimate bad thing if you're wrong you get less points and you get a worse grade so I think I need to acknowledge it as well we should also when raising awareness about issues and promoting them on social media be consistent and recognize that issues are intersectional ultimately we should not be sharing to have other people think highly of us we should be sharing to be an ally to those in need of one this is the main point but i recognize that this is hard um especially when on social media we are constantly being bombarded with messages along the lines of everybody is beautiful which by all means are true but hold no depth and do not contribute to the conversation this is as irene mentioned especially true with influencers and this is where it becomes a bigger issue people and youth especially often echo those they hold in high esteem as well as their peers people may intend the best when they spread positive messages but these will ultimately hold no weight or it's highly unlikely that they will and it's when performative activism takes away from other activism when it replaces it that it becomes dangerous when the norm is to sugarcoat the issue rather than confront the root of the problem society and industries are the problem not individuals your one message may make a difference but it is not going to fix the issue so this is all too often the problem right now since what i've said is fairly negative or at least leaning on the negative side i want to remind you that your voice matters what matters to you consequently matters to your peers and the adults in your life when put simply you have the opportunity to become an impactful member of society the hard way push for social change protest volunteer speak out and speak loud you got this don't let the movements you're passionate about deteriorate into trends i like how you quickly touched on education and how it is hard for us to admit that we're wrong at times and i think that it really does society especially in our school district ingrains it into our mind that if you're wrong you fail life and it really is not true because life is all about making mistakes again i know you've probably heard that a million times before but never hurts to say it again <laughs> so something that i kind of wanted to um bring up that we kind of like did touch on in multiple uh points is um the fact that people post um activism things um 
on Instagram or add to their stories because that's the easiest way to do it. And when you're scrolling through Instagram and just look at all of these pages filled with um, uh, activist points that really do matter, you somehow feel obliged to do the same, add the same things to your story or similar things to your story. And it's sometimes really hard to tell from yourself whether you're doing this because you care about it or if you're doing it just because you see a bunch of other people doing it and feel like it would make you seem cool or something. And I just have to quickly add on to that. Sometimes you don't realize it, but you are being performative about it. Like you may, you may think like, oh, I'm not like a bad person. I'm genuinely doing it. But really, if no one else did it and you were the only one, would you actually continue? And I think it's a really important question to ask yourself when you repost or when you sign a petition, would you really do this if no one else was doing it? And if the answer is yes, like, good for you. That's amazing. Like, really, like, speak your, speak and speak loud, um, as Sophia said. But it is, it's a, like, a friendly little reminder to check in with yourself whenever you repost. Like, are you really doing this? Or because a lot of the time you don't even realize it. You think that you're doing it for a cause, but in reality, you're just doing it for a trend. But after all those ideas being ingrained in your mind from society, from your peers, from your family, it's hard to branch away and have your own beliefs. And sometimes you find yourself reposting things and you don't even agree with it. That's very accurate. I know I have been guilty of that before. Um, one part of recognizing that you may not be entirely passionate about a cause is researching it. And I cannot stress this heavily enough. It is incredibly important to research it, but that is not always possible and that is okay. So I think also a general rule is what Margo said, to check in with yourself. Why does this matter to me? Why am I posting this? What will this post do? What will the share do? Right? Yeah, and you're not a bad person to realize that you are doing it just um, because it's trendy. It is a bad thing because of shadowing and you want to make sure the cause is heard. But if you find that you're not passionate about a cause, that is totally fine. You don't have to be head on for every single cause there is. There, it's, it's important to also stay true to yourself and have a normal Instagram feed. You don't have to constantly be reposting. You won't be viewed as a bad person. Yeah, that's toxic. Um, social media can often be toxic, so I would also encourage you to apply Margot's rule of checking in with yourself before you post, share, comment, or like to all social media. It's incredibly beneficial. Make sure to take breaks. It just 
improves your mental health and it also improves how others will feel creating a safe space is incredibly important. Yeah, so I would also like to move on to say an example of when I was wrong. So I would encourage everyone here to share and you can think about this yourself as a listener. So I posted, I'm not gonna tell you exactly what I posted. It's not bad though. I posted something and then I got two people asking me what this was about. And I took time to read what they said and I took time to research it and understand it further. And I recognized that I was not entirely right. And obviously it is healthy and wonderful to debate but your debate should not go so far to discount someone's like own feelings or emotions. So anyways, I found out that I was wrong. So from there, I apologized and I took down the share. I then apologized to everyone that saw it because I realized that I did not have the full grasp of the story. I did not have the full understanding of the issue that I was talking about or I was resharing about. And um, I have now tried to research a little bit further. Obviously, it's social media. It is very hard to research everything that you come across, and that is entirely unreasonable. But it is important to understand that you can be wrong. It is very likely that you will be wrong in your life. Actually, as Marco said, mistakes are inevitable. Mistakes are also beautiful because you get the opportunity to learn. But I just wanted to mention that because I think it's important and I think it humanizes making mistakes. And I think we need to hear this in our current culture. I actually have had a very similar experience as Sophia has I um I reposted a a post on my story and I'm gonna be very honest with you I did not read it through um I agree I ended up going back and I read it through but I I didn't really read it through and I just reposted it out onto social media and then Later, when I was talking about some, when I went back to discuss about the topic and situation with others in a discussional format and just in a conversation, I realized I didn't really know a lot about the topic. And it is all, it, I think later I obviously looked back and read it through and then uh researched it a little uh more and later understood the material a little more but it is a really important lesson to learn that like just what you get from social media one may not be true or exaggerated it's it's important to find other sources outside of just social media 
and find other opinions and perspectives to the situation and cause and issue because you may just be blindlessly clicking and reposting and with no meaning or idea towards it. And you may convince yourself that, yeah, I'm educating others, but it doesn't always mean that you're educating yourself and you're actually bringing a purpose and cause and shining a light to the actual issue. And I believe Kai Ching actually doesn't have a phone, so he wouldn't have any experience regarding performative activism, at least on social media. So Irene, do you have any experiences to share? When uh, Ruth Bader Ginsburg passed away, uh, Instagram was a flood of um, goodbyes, right? It was, talk it was full of um, her life, her achievements, everyone wishing her well. Um, and uh, I was, I actually recently got an Instagram account right before that. So I um, went on and I just saw everything. And then I decided that I post about that. And I captioned it, may you rest in peace, Ruth Bader Ginsburg. And I'm looking back on it now, and I'm thinking that, yes, it was um, performative activism, but I also did mean well. But I, um, with all the other people and their um, uh, posts on Instagram and their stories, I wouldn't see, uh, you know, this is like someone passing away, right? So I wouldn't um, know how you could almost like turn this into a movement sort of, like something to support besides um, offering your uh, respect. So honestly, I'm still a little unsure whether or not I did this um, as something that I saw everyone else doing. So I felt that I needed to do it, to do it or if I wanted to just pay my respects to her. I feel like it was actually a mix of both. The first being the public's um, influence on me and then also seeing that, yes, she was an extremely accomplished woman that did help make everyone, every woman's lives better, everyone's lives better. So that was my um, experience. Yeah, and I think a big part of performative activism is that very little people actually do it just to spite someone or to shadow a cause. A lot of the time they do mean well and they don't realize that what they're doing is actually bad. And so I think a big part of how to help reduce the amount of performative activists are to educate others about the cause because a lot of people don't realize what it is, don't realize what they're doing and what the effect is on others. And I feel like if more people knew what performative, performative activism was, then less people would actually do it because they would start to realize that what they are doing is performative even though they may have a drive and they may generally want to help and bring respects to 
people like Irene in your case. And it, it is hard to point out what is performative, performative activism and what is not, because there's not a fine line. It really depends. And you're not a bad person for being performative. It, it is really hard to just like be a part of a true allyship because there, again, there are, there's no fine line to what allyship and what performative activism is. There's so much in betweens and it, it, it really, it depends on the context and the material and the platform. And there's just so many other factors. And so, yeah, there, there's, I just thought to bring to light that there's just so many different aspects to consider and not everyone's going to be completely guilty but not everyone's going to be completely like not everyone's an angel yeah I love that you brought up that it's really hard to distinguish between performance activism allyship and activism itself because there are so many different factors and that's why educating yourself about issues educating yourself about educating yourself and others about performative activism and what full allyship and activism mean are incredibly important because you do want to make a difference and I believe that we are all well-intentioned in spreading awareness and spreading awareness is a good thing it's just not full activism and it will not lead to institutional and systematic change. Yeah, so I just would like to end this quick little discussion about our experiences by just pointing out that we are always open for story submissions. Make sure to check out our website for the Google form links so you can share your own stories and experiences with depression, body image, and future topics that we will be covering. And they're completely anonymous. We have no clue who sends them in, so your privacy is safe. But if you would like to come onto the podcast and share your experiences aloud with us, you are more than welcome to do that as well. Just make sure to check out our website so you can get all the information you need on the story submission process. Yeah, that's wonderful. I would like to end this with a reminder to really check in with yourself when you are browsing social media and check in with yourself and your true intentions before you share. And remember to educate yourself. I think that is the biggest point. Yeah. And if you would like to support an organization, you can go to National Eating Disorders Association. And remember, if you are struggling, please reach out to a trusted adult or family. Thanks for listening. This is Behind the Mask. Thank you.